Stay tuned. Eastside Radio, 89.7 FM. And that, of course, was World Without Dave by Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Um, and hi, I'm I'm Jeff. Hello, I'm Shay. We are in Breaking Waves. We're in Breaking Waves. Yep, We're sorry. in Breaking Waves, the show for the Waking Brave. Um, now, the reason we played uh, Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, excellent name, don't you think? Uh, it's an excellent name. I mean, it's not a bad song, but I thought, oh, we've got, we got a Dave coming up on the show. 
let's find a song with Dave in it. I punched it in and um, we get Carter, the unstoppable sex machine, world without Dave. Now, Dave Sharma, if you're listening to this, and you will be, of course, um, we're not playing world without Dave because we wish to have a world without Dave. It just happened to be a song with Dave in it. Dave Sharma, um, who is the member for Wentworth, yeah. he's our interview mm-hmm. today. If you haven't, if you haven't guessed it by now, in fact, I think mm. we probably told you, didn't we? Yeah. Anyway, um, he's coming up. He's the member for Wentworth. Um, in fact, the electorate, which is basically the eastern suburbs, yes, on which this very radio station, in which we are right now, Radio Eastside sits. So we are in the Sharma electorate. So. Are you excited? Have you got some good questions? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, you are seeing about him on the knowledge of him on Wikipedia, all the questions. Yeah. That's right. Now, we normally employ a very assiduous, hardworking, expensive team of researchers mm. on Breaking Waves, a yeah. whole, whole team. And this week we thought, no, let's go to a higher authority. Let's source our questions for Dave, get the background on Dave from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good move, wasn't it? Yeah. I was reading some interesting facts on Wentworth, this, yeah. ele- this electorate, mm. just Dave Sharma's electorate. And it's the second smallest electorate in the whole country. It's I think it's 38 square kilometres. It's basically the eastern suburbs, but it is it is um, the the richest in the country. If you if you go on median, the average price of a house, which some, for some reason people use as a gauge, uh, me as a renter, I don't know why. Um, yeah, it's it's a very wealthy electorate. So we're we're privileged to be sitting on this gold mine of an electorate here in um, Radio Eastside. So before we get to, to yeah, Dave and yes. important issues, well, this yes. is very important too. Yes. Have you had a good? Um, what's lockdown life like? Have you had a uh, good week? Um, lockdown. I've been at home three months. I haven't been at Jewish Care. Since Which is pre- where you work? We work at Bulara at Print 35 on Tuesday. It was Tuesday and Wednesday, but now it's Tuesday and Thursday, and Mum changed the work, and I haven't been at Jewish Care Print 35 for oh, three months. Gosh. So three you, months, or oh, it's, maybe it's going to be the fourth month in man. October. I don't know. Are you going a bit stir-crazy? I'm going a bit stir-crazy. My girlfriend, Antonia, she's depressed, and she's worried, and she's getting, <sighs> she's getting bored. Man, I know. <laughs> I know. Why don't you do something surprising, like bungee jump out of a helicopter uh, onto her house? I, so I, I convince her to do art, like just draw something, or create something, and just yeah. draw something. You, you're in like imagination or something that. That's a brilliant suggestion. Yeah, I know. You do you ever do imagination drawing stuff at Jeff? I suppose. Um, most of my imagination goes into poetry. Yeah, I, I do some squiggles and doodles yeah. on my poetry pad. Yeah, sometimes and and yeah. and Dr. Freud would ha- have a field day yeah. working out what I was doing. Yeah, remember, remember last year when we had the COVID lockdown. We remember we did some drawing yeah. in the house when it was raining. That was a really good afternoon. It was yeah, just yes. rain bucketing down outside. Yes, there was like four of us around a big table so with a big supply of art work, uh, art supplies. Yes. Huge sheets of paper, and yes. we we paint. I, I painted a fish, and now the fish mm. is framed in my well, home. Well, maybe we could ask Dave Sharma if he's any of his children doing any drawings at at home. Good one. Yeah, but yeah. before we come to Dave yep. and our little um, bio, etc., I think we should play yep. play a song. Uh, let's have a song. Uh, now this is um, yep. this is Culture Club. You might know this one. 
See, I thought it might be kind of a funny joke to have like Kama, 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 Kamele, like Sharma, Sharma, Sharma. We've got Dave Sharma, 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 but it's it's not funny. Hi, Dave. Hello, Jeff. Hello. How are you going? <laughs> anyway, look, I, I'm going to let Shay ask the bulk of the questions because he was the, he was the man who said, let's get Dave Sharma on. So oh, he's that's got, nice, Shay. Thank he, you. He's got some curly ones lined uh, up for you, I think. What do you think about how are you coping with lockdown? Look, Shay, I'm pretty fortunate. You know, I've got... um. My job's secure, at least until the next election. Um, you know, I'd, I've got a house with some space and my wife and I can both work from home and my kids can all do school from home. So um, I think I'm one of the fortunate ones. I'm, I feel a lot for the people whose you know, jobs, who've lost jobs or lost work or who have businesses that are suffering or who might have a difficult, you know, domestic situation. Um, they might not have much space in the house or they might have not great relationships with the people they live with. So I really feel a lot more for, for those people. And then, you know, people who've got relatives in aged care homes or in, in, um, in high-care facilities that they can't visit them now as well. That must be really tough for them too. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's very hard. Um, are you still doing the, the lo- uh, for the lockdown with the vaccine with, when you showed from SCOMO? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been vaccinated myself, uh, with uh, so twice, so I'm fully vaccinated. Um, and it's, it's uh, look, ScoMo, the PM, is very focused on this. He knows this is a 
this is the pathway. We all know that this is the pathway to get back to normal life once we're once our vaccination rates are up. And it's it's happening, you know, quite quickly now. We're doing about one million vaccine doses every three days, which is actually pretty fast. Are you? Is it trying to aim to get everyone normal back to work in the month's time, like October? Um, like to aim 80% of the population yeah. of Australia? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's right. So the, the two targets are um, 70% of the population and then 80%. And that's the, the over 16 population. So it's not everyone in Australia, but it's it's the over 16s because that's who we've recommended the vaccine for at this point. But yeah, the, what we've seen overseas is once the vaccination rate gets to that level, um, COVID becomes a bit more like a a bit more like the yearly flu. So um, it's it's more manageable. It doesn't cause the same death and destruction and people don't have to be so alarmed about catching it and people are less likely to catch it. So the, the target is to get to really to 80% and then 80% we shouldn't have um, we shouldn't have much in the way of public health restrictions. We shouldn't have lockdowns. We shouldn't have state border closures and people at least who are fully vaccinated should be able to move and leave Australia freely as well. Yeah, I listen, so Dave, I was going to say, like, I, I haven't personally minded lockdown so much so far um, on, on many levels. Obviously, I'm not talking about people who are, you know, doing it very hard. I, I've done all right, but it's actually personally affected me. So I'm starting to really get a, I don't know, I was supposed to go to Kurrung in the next October holidays and oh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to go to Nimbin for a little road trip I wanted to go to Curran with the family can't do that so now I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of cabin fever but you know it's it's not it's not as bad as some hay yeah look I can understand I mean my, my wife's from um, from Queensland so her mum and her dad are all in Queensland and honestly she hasn't been able to visit them for about a year and a half because every time we plan a trip or she plans a trip we've been you know the borders are closed or we've been locked down or locked out uh so she literally has not seen her dad or her mum in two years you know they're not they're not young people anymore they're getting on yeah and, yeah you know all these things that the longer this goes on for obviously that the the more the cumulative effect builds up in on people you know and the, the, the harder it becomes which i think is why it's really important now we focus on the light at the end of the tunnel what do you think of your name, Dave? Show your Australian name. Where where came from away when being called Dave? So my real name, my my name on my birth certificate and in my passport is is Devanand Sharma, yeah. and that's a uh, they're both Indian names. Sharma's a very common Indian surname because my my father's Indian. Um, he's he's no longer with us, but he he, he was Indian, um, and he uh, he called me Devanand, and. They always, my parents always called me um, Dave for short, which is, it's like, uh, it's how you say in an Indian accent, Dev. It's like, oh, yeah, pronounced right. like that. It's Dev. So It's such an Australian name, they, is it? Like, Dave is yeah, such so an I, Aussie I, name. Yeah, so I always introduced myself as Dave, but I used to spell it as D-E-V at school, but it would cause all sorts of difficulties. Confusion. People would call me <laughs> Dev, and they would never pronounce it right, so I just started to spell it. Dave, so people pronounce it. You've had quite a, you've had a varied career. You've been, um, you've been a diplomat. You've had quite a, like a well-rounded education in in um, medicine and law and maybe the arts. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, what led you to politics? Was that always like a, the end game? Was that a goal, or you just sort of fell into it? No, it wasn't. Um, wasn't something I'd always planned. Um, although. 
you know, I've also, I am also a believer that people should all have a career before politics. I think we're we're better served as a as a nation, and and our our parliament is better if people are all bringing some perspective and experience from outside. So I was always keen to have a career first. Mm. But for me, uh, no, it was it was sort of just the next um, the next step in what I saw as a career of public service. I've been. Uh, um, you know, a diplomat for almost 20 years and I wanted to keep working for Australia but, you know, I wanted to have a bigger say, I guess, in, in national decisions and national issues and the parliament's the place to do that, which is why, you know, why I wanted to why I wanted to contribute in that way. But how I actually got into politics, I mean, it's, you know, you, you can never sort of plan these things all that well and, of course, I'm here because... Um, Malcolm Turnbull resigned as as Prime Minister and a member for Wentworth and created a by-election, which I lost, and then I won in the general election. But, you know, it, it, it may have been a sliding doors moment that, you know, um, that didn't happen and I would, would still be doing something else. You saw that wallet in the street and you thought, I'll take that. That, 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 <laughs> that, that's a very bad <laughs> metaphor, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, I, it's, I handed it, in the wallet. Yeah, <laughs> did you hand the wallet uh, in? Do you like helping the Jewish community when you learn about the Jewish care and print and uh, and our big kitchen where they did do a lot of things with food? They do, yeah. Look, I, I, I work a lot with the Jewish community here. I mean, I've worked with uh, uh, OBK, our big kitchen, and and. Dovid and Leia Slavin, his, uh, Dovid and his wife Leia and all the good work they do. And I also work a lot with um, Jewish House and Mendel Castell and the good work he does addressing homelessness and need in the area. And then also with the synagogues and the schools and the aged care centres, um, I, I work closely with them. And, and, of course, I know it's the Jewish New Year coming up. Um, starts, Which, on, starts on Monday night, I think, yeah. Yeah. What do you exactly. think about born in Canada? Do you have a, a memory of Canada, Dave Sharma? Yeah, very strong. I was I lived there till I was four, and um, uh, we kept a, my my dad sort of still lived there. I kept a house there for many years after that. So I used to visit sometimes in in school holidays, and we had other family and relatives there. Uh, I had to give up my Canadian citizenship though, because to be elected. To the Australian Parliament, the federal Parliament, you can only be the citizen of one country. Yeah, because one country. People yeah, my, have been in trouble I, over that, haven't my, they? My my dad was um, Dutch Canadian, and my mum's yeah, my mum is Dutch Australian, and I, I I have like three countries. I have uh, Australia, Dutch, <laughs> and Canadian. I get confused. What do you think about the Liberal Party? How long you ever been to the Liberal Party? I've been a member of the Liberal Party um, on and off for about. Oh, 15 years, I think. 15 years? Okay. 15 years, yeah. And what do you think about the Liberals, about um, the future generation, about climate change? What do you think about your opinion? Well, so I think climate change, Shay, is um, one of the most important and pressing and serious challenges we face as a nation in Australia, but also um, as, as a world, as a global community. And I read the report that they um what's called the ipcc the intergovernmental panel on climate change released a few weeks ago and uh, if you read that report you can't you can't be anything other than alarmed about um how quickly the planet is warming and how much we're already seeing the effects of climate change but also struck by the urgency of how quickly we have to we have to act to address this yeah yeah what do you think about teaching schools and high schools in mental health and disability? 
I think it's um, well. Look, I think those are both two really um, important areas. I think um, mental health. Look, we've seen how much the lockdowns and the pandemic has impacted upon mental mm. health, and especially mm. of mm. uh, of young people. I think. Mm. Um, but I know it's also had a big impact on people with a disability because yeah. some of the normal um, activities and social occasions they get to do have been impacted. Some of their normal teaching and schooling has been heavily impacted. Um, some of the normal services they're able to access, they haven't been able uh, to access. So I know it's, it's had a big impact on, on, on both of those communities. Very, very, I, I, think, very uh, I think maybe mainstream kids and special needs need to learn about beating each other what their like their needs and help like their challengings like in life in school and I challenge I challenged with mental health with my art career I kept doing my painting and I I oh, made you're a painter, are you, yeah I'm a painter yeah yeah can I, can I just ask yeah do you have a busy day like I just want you to um, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, like a politician, like is every minute of your day scheduled and penciled and appointed and you go at, at say on Tuesday at 3.36, I'm going to be doing a late radio interview with Radio Eastside and I've got four minutes to do that and then I've got to be off to some function and then another function, then another, like is the whole week like just blocked out for you? Well, it's somewhere in between the two, I reckon. Okay. So I, I don't, I mean... The, look, the Prime Minister's incredibly busy and then the, the senior ministers are like the Treasurer and the Defence Minister and, um, you know, those sorts of jobs. Um, but I, because I'm a I'm a backbencher, I don't have a ministry, I've, I've got more time to focus on my constituency and, and my community. So my days are still quite full and um, busy, but they're often doing really nice things like, you know, coming to Exercise FM and doing an interview in the studio or going to the um, sailors with disabilities down at Rushcutters Bay and okay. meeting, meeting the crew there and doing something or going to um, today I was at Bondi Public School just giving them a flag because they're out of flags so you know they're, they're nice Lovely. things to do and and I'm, I'm also conscious you know uh, you do I think you need time in any job just to have a bit of time to reflect and think and sure. plan uh, and strategize so I try, I try and keep some time free for that as well I was going to ask like being a, a public figure is is it draining like you know, you're a fairly recognisable person. So I'm wondering, does it become wearing? Does it become tiring to go, I've always got to be kind of on? Are you kind of always on or can you relax in public? Oh, look, I think I can relax, but you are conscious that um, people recognise you. I mean, mm. I'm not as recognisable as lots of other public figures or celebrities and there's lots of them around here in the Eastern so those people who have to guard their, um, their anonymity more carefully. Sure. Um, but I'm also conscious that, yeah, if, you know, if you do something silly or behave rudely or something, people will rightly, you know, call you out for it or criticise you for it and whatnot. The only thing I'd say is that, um, look, I'm always happy when people want to come up and have a, have a chat and things like that. Um, but it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes people are quite rude or uncivil or abusive. And, sure. you know, if I've got my family with me, or something, it's just not something they should be subjected to. And, you know, I think you should respect that politicians are also human beings like anyone else um, and they deserve mm. to be treated with respect like you would expect in the workplace sure. or his footy team or anything else. So I'm always happy to have people disagree with me or, or, or say, you know, I think I should be doing this or I should be doing that, but there's sort of a, a time and a place and the right way to do those things. Yeah, sure. What, what do you think about being next Prime Minister? Would you like to or...? 
Do you want the job, Dave? Oh, I'm very happy being a member of Parliament for Wentworth. They all, they all say that, don't they? Yeah. They all say that, I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to catch me out, I'm afraid. No. Uh, Damn, we wanted to get a scoop here. What, what do you think about um, the NDI's planning with the Liberal? Because it was suggested by... Um, the Labor government of Julie Gillard. What do you think Julie about? Gillard, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think I'm I'm very supportive of the national disability insurance scheme. It's um, it's still kind of growing and establishing itself, but at the moment, it's supporting about half a million people, which is a a big number of people, and it means that people are um accessing services and getting support that they they couldn't do before. So I think that's really positive, and and what it's allowing to happen is for people with a disability to lead more meaningful and purposeful lives, which is, you know, which is a good thing and is what was intended by the scheme. Um, I know there have been some teething problems, like Mm. some things that haven't worked as well as they should have, and and we are in the process of fixing those because anytime you do something from scratch, you're going to find out that some things work well and some things don't, and you're doing better in some areas and not so well in others. So, you know, we're, we're learning as we go, and we are trying to make sure that we adjust and adapt to make sure that it fulfills its purpose. Do you think um, um, school kids need to learn life about art and cooking? Uh, I know that uh, um, my carer, Edward, he said that a lot of kids need to learn about life skills of food, like not important about the exams. You know, I think it is important to learn. I mean, you've got a schooling, I guess, and growing up should be all about learning the skills and the knowledge that prepare you for adult life. And um, for some people, that might be a more, you know, academic career. So it's more important that they might learn, you know, maths and science and things like that. But some people will be, um, you know, creative types and artists and uh, like you are, Shay, yeah. cooks or chefs or anything. Yeah. And, uh, what's your favourite food you like, Dave Sharma? Oh, gee. I like Indian food. That's probably <laughs> because of my heritage. Okay. But I also like... Uh, I like Italian. I like Mexican. I am actually quite adventurous. In my okay. Food, so I'm always keen to try. So you're the kind of guy who'd go on tour and um, you go, well, here are like the camels, you know, innards, and you go, oh, I'll try them. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not. Or here are bugs. I get sick on these holidays because I'm always like trying the street food and the street vendor and say, no, I don't eat at the hotel. Let's go uh, where the locals go. Brave so I'm man. normally the one who gets sick but also has the great experiences. We were going to ask you, Dave, we, we, we're, probably, we're probably out of time and you've probably got like – a few things to get to. We we're going to ask you some other questions, but I think I think yeah. we've probably questioned ourselves out. We we're going to ask you some questions about um, aimed at a comedian we had had on last week. We thought we'll just recycle some questions like, uh, "Were you oh, fu- okay. were you funny at school?" Like, uh, I'm glad you're not asking me to tell you jokes. We're going to say get uh, Dave to tell a joke, yes. but no, no pressure. You don't have to. It's okay. been a wonderful. Have a good one on the hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the joke that my youngest daughter always tells me and she never fails to find it funny. This is it's where do cows go on their first date? I don't know. Where do cows go on their first date, Dave? To the movies. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I've that's heard good. that one. It's good. good. And we're gonna let you go. But thank you very much for talking to us. It's been um it's been fun, instructive. It's really really nice to talk to you, Shane. Uh, uh, thank well. you. Thanks so much. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was, still is, and always will be uh, Breaking Waves. How'd it go for you, Shane? It was good, Breaking Waves. Um, we continue for the next show in six weeks' time, and 
Um, we interviewed my mom, Arani, and Jeff about NDIS and about the NDIS funding of disability insurance scheme. Excellent. That we were talking about that with Dave Sharma. Yeah. All right. I want you to think of some really tight, good, easy questions for y- me. Yes. Okay. I'm looking forward to interviewing your mum. Yeah. All right. See, see you, Shane. See you. Bye. Continue next show. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You're listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community-owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au.